How many people know that God deserves it? Amen. He deserves it. He, even when things not going quite the way we want them to go. Amen. When things don't look just how we want them to look. Guess what? The fact that he deserves it isn't predicated or dictated off of what I got going on in my life. Amen. The reason he deserves it is because he's a good God. Amen. And I got enough experience in my past to see that he got me through the first time to where I'm in a process of going through. I know he still deserves the praise. He still deserves the honor. He deserves the glory. Amen. Amen. So let's give God a hand clap of praise because he deserves it. Amen. He's a good God and he's worthy of it. Regardless of what I feel like, amen. Like Brother Jeremy said, sometimes you don't feel it. Sometimes you're not going to feel that warm fuzzy, but he is still good in our lives, amen. And because he's still good in my life, I'm still going to give him the praise, amen. Amen. God is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. I'm excited about being up here with you guys. I'm excited about what God has for his people on today, amen. Amen. So again, we thank you guys. I thank the praise team that kind of scattered already. But thank you guys for, for setting the tone. Amen. Making it easy to come up here because when I get to come up here after they've left, I come with joy in my heart. Amen. I come with an expectation already built up on the inside, and they are helping to usher that in. Amen. So I thank God for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I also want to just acknowledge our pastor, our first lady, while they're, while they're absent. Amen. We pray that God continues to watch over, bless them, ensure that they get back to us safe and sound. Amen. Amen. I see prophet in the house. I want to acknowledge the man of God. Unks in the house. Amen. We want to acknowledge the man of God in the house. And I want to thank you guys for being with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, don't, I don't often do this, but, but if, if I could get a little participation, because I really feel confident that what God has to say to his people, not confidence in me, right? But what God has to say to his people is going to be something that's going to help us get through. Amen. Amen. So if you guys are ready to get into the word, guys, you can just look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm ready to receive God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. We are that we are, we halfway there. Amen. Amen. So let's do that. Uh, we're going to go to Numbers. We're going to be coming from the book of Numbers, chapter 13. And we're going to be reading from 27 to 33. Numbers 13, 27 to 33. As we get there, we're going to open things up with a prayer. Amen. That's all right. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we honor you. We thank you in this preaching moment, God. We, your people, have come here ready with an expectation and an anticipation, God, of what you're going to say and what you're going to do in the life of your people, God. So right now, I pray that I decrease, right, so that you can increase that anything that I say, God, that is pleasing to you, that it comes straight from your heart and comes straight from your word, God. So I pray right now for those that are here, pray that you will bless them in whatever way that they need, God. Speak to them in whatever way, in whatever area that they might be needing to hear from you, God. I pray the thing that they're searching for is easily found here. So again, God, we say thank you as we prepare our hearts and we prepare our minds to hear from heaven. Amen. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray and believe this to be so. Amen and amen. Amen. So we're going to get into it. Numbers chapter 13, verses 29, excuse me, 27 
through 33. And I'm reading for the, from the NIV version. And this is what it says. It says, they gave Moses, and this is, this is a, a prelude to uh, the story of the 12 spies who scouted the land. Amen. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites lived in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill, in the hill country. And the Canaanites, they live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they are spread among the Israelites, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land was explored, well, the land that we explored devours those living in it. All the people that we see there are great, are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendant of Enoch, come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Amen. Amen. But if I was going to tag a title to this text we're going to dive into today, that title would be Too Close to Quit. Too Close to Quit. Amen. Amen. So we'll, let's give, a, we'll give you a little bit of a breakdown of the situation that we're entering into. Here we see the Israelite people have arrived at the place where God wanted them to be. This was the place that God wanted for them to have as a permanent home. This was the promised land for the people. And it was meant to do a couple of things. It was meant to help them to recover from what they had lost when they were in bondage in Egypt. It, it, it meant and it represented for them freedom from bondage, right? It, it meant and it represented a new beginning for them. It was a place of fulfillment for God's people. And it, it symbolized God's ability to provide and give provision to his people, amen? Now, to give a little bit of a background to what happened leading up to this point, the Israelites, before they arrived at the land of Canaan, they had seen God perform countless, countless miracles, made countless ways out of no way that made it obvious that the Lord was with them, right? That there were the, the plagues of Egypt where God performed a series of ten plagues in Egypt. And in these plagues, what he did is he demonstrated his power, and demanded the release of the Israelites from slavery. 
And then they get through that point, and then they have the parting of the Red Sea. This, this is when the Israelites, they were fleeing Egypt, and they found themselves stuck between an imposing army and an impassable Red Sea. And in a display of power, God parted the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to do a walk across on dry ground. And then there was the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire were doing their journey through the wilderness. God led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And then there was a time where God provided them with manna from heaven, right? He provided a supernatural bread-like substance that appeared to them every morning and was able to sustain them during that time. And then again, he, he provided the Israelites in the midst of a drought with water by commanding Moses to strike a rock. And upon striking that rock, water gushed out of the rock. Amen. God has shown his people through the course of this journey that I'm with you. What you say? Time and time again, they had gone through a lot, but God had done a lot for them. Right? And now, they're camped out on the outskirts of this promised land. And, and I would imagine that, that they felt like, like they was almost there, right? That things were finally about to turn around for them, right? I, I finally made it through. All the suffering and all the pain and the letdowns, they were about to be over for me, right? Anybody ever felt like that, right? But as they arrived at this place of promise, they were met not with like a, a party or like a sigh of relief. They were met with more problems. Now, let me pause for a second, right? Because anybody, can you relate to that? Well, you think you're on the end. You've made it through, and you get to that door, and on the other side of that door is another problem. Amen? Anybody ever almost had a car almost paid off, right? And two, three months before you get that thing paid off, you got title in hand, you get, you get hit by somebody who ain't even got insurance. I'm right there at the end, and at the end, I find a problem, right? Or, or, or you've pushed your way through school. You're in college. You're working hard, night classes. You get that degree, and once you get that degree, you realize in two years, hey, I'm going to replace <laughs> this degree I got, right? That's a problem that you find yourself dealing with at the end. We can all think of moments and times in our lives when we've encountered an unexpected obstacle. You didn't plan for it. You wasn't ready for it. You didn't anticipate to even see it there. But there it was. Amen? And, and, and if we're not too holy to be honest for a moment, right, we can, we can admit that having an obstacle at what you thought was the end can sometimes make you feel like, like this isn't meant to be. Right? Like, like, like this, ain't, this ain't it for me. Because I, I thought that's all it took was to do A, B, C, and then I get to D, and then there's another issue. Can anybody agree with that, right? I mean, why, why would God allow you? Why would he allow me to get to this point just to encounter giants possessing the land, right? Another problem. But this is something that I want us to, to come to grips with. 
This is what I want us to come to grips with today, guys. And what I want us to come to grips with is this. There is always a problem that is present before you possess your promise. There's going to always be a promise, that, a, a problem that you encounter before you possess that promise. It's going to be a problem present before you possess that promise. Amen. It's always going to be something that's trying to hinder you. It's always going to be something that's trying to interrupt the flow of God in your life. And every time you see that problem, it's a good indication that you're headed in the right direction. Amen. You're doing the things that God has told you to do. God is showing that he's faithful and that he's with you because he's gotten you up to this point. So when you encounter it, don't be caught off guard, right? The Bible says that we're not naive to the tricks of the enemy. We know what he does, and this is a way of discouraging and there's a way of disorienting the believer when we get to what we think is the end and then we find another issue. Amen. And so, so there's, there's, a, there's a popular song by one Reverend James Cleveland. I know my, my, my old saints know and my young saints know about this, right? It's a song that's entitled, I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. If I had a little singing voice, I promise I, I would riff one right now. But I don't, right? But, but, but you haven't been to a good church service. If you haven't had a deacon, right? You ain't had the men's choir come up and, and sing this song to you, amen? The, the song does this. It conveys a message of three things that I like. Determination, faith, and endurance when you are facing life's challenges, it has a profound impact, particularly to the black church over the years, right? Because it's a theme of spiritual endurance. It connects to our history. And it's an expression of faith that resonates with a lot of people really deeply. Amen? And it reflects a spiritual empowerment and the ideal that despite my hardships and despite my struggles, my faith remains unshaken. Regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what I'm dealing with or encountering, I'm going to stay in my place. Amen. I'm going to stay anchored to the Lord. And at the heart of this song, the lyrics that, that, that resonate with me and I believe are really important for us to, to, to note that reflect the attitude of the two spies are this. The lyrics simply say this, I don't feel no ways tired. Small woman sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I've come too far from where I've started from. I've come too far from where I started from to turn around now that I'm here. Right? Here's what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to hear if you don't hear nothing else. Just because you encounter a problem on the way to your promise, it does not mean that you're supposed to quit. Just because you encounter a problem on the way to your promise, guys, that is not a reason to quit on God. Right? You've come too far to quit, and more importantly, God has brought you too far to quit now, right where you are. So you can't quit. You're not supposed to quit praying because you're encountering this problem, 
right? You're not supposed to quit fasting because you're encountering issues and giants that are in, occupying the land that God said he was going to give to you. You're not supposed to quit reading your Bible, amen? You're not supposed to quit speaking those things that God has said just because a problem has arise. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop waiting on God, amen? And so now we're, we're talking about a promised land that God has promised to the Israelites. It's a land that he promised to them, right? So check this out. A promise is a commitment or a vow that God has made to his people. That's what a promise is. Now watch this. It guarantees that God will fulfill his end of the bargain, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to fulfill your end of the bargain. Think about that. God said, I make a promise and I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. But that does not mean that you are going to necessarily do what you're supposed to do. Right? What do I, what I mean? God can promise to give you victory in a battle. But that promise that God has made will not guarantee that you're going to show up for the fight. If you, will, if you will go to the fight, if you will get to the place that God is saying to get to, he's saying, if you get here, I promise you I'm going to get you through. But you, you have to get there. Right? You got to believe it. You got to show up. And so, see, there, there, are, there are certain promises that are independent of what we're either willing to do or capable of doing for God. There are certain things that God promises where you and, you're not even in the equation. Right? When, when, when God, my wife was talking about this other day, when God promised to never destroy the earth by water again, Guess who ain't got nothing to do with that, head of tails? Me. That's a promise he made. I ain't got nothing to do with that, right? But then there are going to be times when God places a mandate and he places a requirement on the promise that he made to you. It's going to be something that he requires you to do. God promised to give us peace according to Isaiah 23 and 26 and 3. It says this, he says, I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's a promise that God made, but guess what? But God won't make me receive his peace. Right? Right? He, he promised to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our sins, did he not? According to 1 John 1 and 9, it says, if you confess your sins, it says God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what he promises. But he can't make you ask for forgiveness nor receive it. That's a promise that's predicated on an action from the believer. Right? God promised to give me freedom and to give me liberty in him according to Galatians 5 and 1. It said, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. But he can't make me stand in the freedom that he's given me. Amen? You have to make a choice and a decision that you are going to be willing to do like 1 Timothy 6 and 12 say, fight the good fight of faith. We have to be willing to fight that good fight of faith and not quit when life challenges us. Amen. Not only can we not stop fighting the good fight of faith, but sometimes some of us, don't experience the skew, but sometimes for us to experience the promise of God, we are going to have to deal with and engage in something that a lot of people don't like to do. You're going to have to deal with, you're going to have to engage confrontation. 
Most people don't like dealing with confrontation, right? People are giving real easy to, to people because they don't want to have to have that back and forth, right? Ever got your order? Lord, you ever got your order from Popeye's? And you know, my wife know I hate Popeye's. You get your order from Popeye's, and of course it's wrong because it's Popeye's. And you've been in line for two hours already, and everybody in there is looking real mean. Somebody got a cigarette behind their ear. And you think to yourself, they ain't giving me no biscuit. I asked for three wings. They gave me two. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in Popeye's. Lord, no. Right? You don't want to deal with that confrontation because you know what comes with it. Amen? But there are going to be times where it is necessary. It's necessary to engage in spiritual confrontation. Right? Think about this. You can't confront, you can't deal with an addiction to experience breakthrough if you're not willing to confront it, if you're not willing to deal with it, right? You can't, you can't confront a lie, or excuse me, you have to confront a lie in order to move on from it, right? That lie just can't linger in the air, and we know it says, no, it needs to be dealt with in order for you to be able to move on from it, Amen. You got to deal with trauma in your life, experiences that you've had in order for you to be able to have the capacity to receive what God wants for you. Amen. You have to be willing to do that. You got to address these types of things because, listen to this, things like this, not being willing to confront issues, not being willing to stay in the good fight of faith, they become enemies to your entrance into God's promise for you. They become enemies to that entrance in God for God's promise for you. But here we see Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two spies that went out and scouted the land and came back with a good report. But listen, even when they got back, they still had to deal with enemies that threatened to make them want to quit. They still had to encounter it. And the enemies that they dealt with come in two words. So they had to deal with, watch this, people's perspectives. The enemy that they dealt with when they got back, they had an enemy on the, on the front line. But then they got back and they had an enemy that they had to deal with that was people's perspectives. Amen. Listen to this, guys. People's perspectives can be an enemy to God's promise and they can make you want to quit. What you think about my situation, what you think I'm capable of, it can dictate, it can, it can, it can alter, it can change what I believe about God. That's why you got to be careful about who you listen to, who you allow to be around you, who you sending on a mission with you. Are you going on this scouting mission with the understanding that, you know what, I'm going into a land that God has promised me. What else will my expectation, what else is my report going to be? It's a land with some folks in there that God promised to us. That's what, that's what it should be. But you go there with some people that are lacking faith and people that are doubtful. Guess what? You don't want to go into a business venture with somebody. You don't want to get into a marriage with somebody. You don't want to marry somebody on the first date they're talking about a prenup. <laughs> right? Like, wait a minute. What's your expectation going forward? People will do that. They'll have you believe in that because they can't do it. You can't do it. 
But what they don't know is that the only reason you believe that you can do it is not because of you, but because you have such a confidence in God's ability to do what he did last year. And I know what God did for me in 2020. Then I think back to 2017 when I was in that gym and God came through. They don't understand my confidence, my, my arrogance almost. I got a righteous arrogance instilled in me because I can call back and recollect all the times that God has shown up in my life before. Right? But they won't see that. Instead, they'll see what you can't do because I can't do it. Right? And so I look in Numbers 13 and 30, and this is what Joshua said. He declares to the crowd, he said this, let's get up and go at once. Let's get up and go at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. That's the type of talk that God wants for us. Amen. I'm well able to overcome it if I have God on my side. Amen. So when God allows a problem in your life, he allows a problem to proceed a promise. It's not a sign to quit. It's not a, it's not a time to throw up the white flag. Amen. It's a time for God to show himself to be mighty in our lives. This is an opportunity. You will never get a testimony without testing. Right? You're not going to ever be able to call back to the times God did something if you ain't went through nothing. You ain't, ain't nothing in life that he had to do for you. Amen. I have things, and I, I say this all the time. This is why I don't, get, I don't really get into spiritual debates with, with people or whatnot. Because me and you, we can argue all day, brother, about scripture, right? Is it Saturday we worship Sunday? You, we can go back and forth with all this. But what you can't argue with me about is my testimony. You can't argue with me about what I've seen God do. With my own eyes and my own heart and my own family. There ain't nothing that you can tell me to make me think that God's not real. Amen. Amen. And so you have to be able to block that out. And people's perspective will do that. It'll be a barrier to entrance. Amen. So, so when you have a problem, that is God saying, this is an opportunity for me to show you again what I can do for you. And so here's what we want. Because God is able to, to do all things. He wants us to stand in the truth of his promise. Amen. I mean, listen, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, this is what it says. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1. 1 and 20. God's promises are yes and they're, and they're amen. God doesn't make promises that he can't keep. Right? Regardless of what's standing in between you and what God has said about you and what God has said for you, regardless of what's standing in between that, know that God is greater than it all. Right? Your situation, he's greater than it. You don't see it right now. You don't feel it right now. Thank God he told us what faith is, right? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I got to pull from my faith to be able to stay in the fight, but you got to stay in the fight. You can't quit. His promises are yes and amen. And it might look like you got giants, Right? You might look at the situation and say, Lord, they got fortified walls. They're, they're, their cities are huge. They got a large army. It looks unstoppable. But I like what, what Psalms 68 says. This is what Psalm 68 says. It says this. It says, may God arise 
and may his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. Your promise, excuse me, your problems and your enemies, they want you to quit before you get to the promise. Your problems and your enemies, they want you to quit before you get there. But if you can stick it out, y'all, if you can keep pushing, amen, if you can keep believing, God is going to make your enemies scatter. Amen. God is going to be able to make them scatter. He's going to cause them to retreat. He's going to cause them to disperse. He's going to break up the coordinated attack and send them back running. Amen. God will do so because the promises that he's given to us, he will fulfill them if we trust in him. He ensures the victory, but we can't win the fight if we're not in the fight. Right? If we've gotten to Canaan and we see another problem and we turn back around, guess what you'll never possess? You'll never possess Canaan. We'll never possess the land if we got more fear of our giants than we have faith in our God. Right? When, 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 I, when I see my, my giants, when I, when I see my opponent, and my heart, my heart palpitates even more than when I think about all the things that God has done for me. And a lot of times, I don't know if anybody else does this. Have you ever been reading the scripture, right? And like I went through all this list of things that, that God did for the Israelites as they were traveling through the wilderness and the Red Sea and the plagues and water turning and locusts. They went through all of that and they still doubted. <laughs> they still forgot what God did. They still went back and said, this, this ain't going to work out like and that's, I always think to myself, how? Like, all you, got to, all you got to show me is one good miracle. Amen? And, and I'll never doubt again. But we all have areas, right? We all have had situations where you, you know. You, nobody else know, right? But you know. You, you know that you was behind the wheel, and then you woke up and you was in bed, and you don't know how you got back home. Right? You, 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 you know... Certain people was nasty, but you okay. You dig what I'm saying? You know that God has shown himself. But yet we forget. Yet we think that he can't do it this time because it's a new problem. But God said, I'm a still God. I'm still the faithful God that got you through that time. I'm going to get you through again. But you got to be willing to what? Confront this enemy that's trying to stop your entrance. You have to be willing to do it. So I'm not going to have more fear of faith in, in uh, fear in my giants, I'm going to have more faith in my God, regardless of what's going through. We sung the song earlier. Why? He deserves it, right? Because he deserves that amount of faith because it's not predicated on what I think because my stinking thinking, I'm going to think anything, right? So this is what I want us to do. I want to briefly, I want to briefly go over three things that I saw Joshua and Caleb do that will help us to keep from quitting before we have reached the promised land. Amen. Now Joshua and Caleb, they, they understood that to stay in the good fight of faith and to not quit before they get to the finish line, they had to do this. They understood that they had to quiet the noise. They had to quiet the noise. In Numbers 13 and 30, this is what it says. It says, then Caleb did what? He silenced the people. 
before Moses and said that we should go up and take possession of this land, for we are certain to do it. We are well able. They had to silence the noise. Life is filled with nothing but noise. And that noise will consist of voices of doubt and fear and voices of uncertainty. And those voices, they do what? They threaten to drown out the voice of God as it concerns your situation. The voice of God has spoken a promise. His word has spoken a promise. But if you don't quiet the noise from the outside, it will cause it to be drowned out. Amen. It's just like the, the Israelites, they, they were overcome, right? The spies, they were overcome by an opposing and powerful opponent. And often in life, we find ourselves in that same situation, surrounded by negative thinking, by a challenge, something that's challenging to your faith. But the true embrace of faith in the face of a giant is what's going to be required for you to get through. But it takes an intentionality about silencing the other noise. Amen. This is why it's so important when we go on fast, right, what's one of the main things that most people encourage you to do, you know, the dietary aspect of it? Get off social media. Get off the news. Don't watch those shows. Because you're fasting because you're trying to get God's attention. You're, you're trying to hear from God. And it's a well-known fact that it's hard to hear from God if you continue to allow all of this other stuff in your ear, in your eye socket, right? So you got to quiet the noise, so that you can hear the direction of God as he leads you through. Amen? And so you have to quiet the noise. Secondly, this is what they did. They understood that they had to keep a proper perspective. They had to have a proper perspective. So in Numbers 13 and 33, this is what it reads. It says this. This is the other ten spies, right? They say even the Nephilim are there. These are the, the giants. A lot of people, these are the, the offspring of the fallen angels that connected with the, with the women on earth, right? And this was the offspring that came about. They're the descendants of Enoch that come from the Nephilim. This is what they said. We seem like grasshoppers in our own sight. It's bad when you can't even have confidence in yourself, right? You see yourself as defeated before you've even fought. Irregardless of what God has said, regardless of what God has told you, said about you in his word, you say, we see ourselves as grasshoppers in our own sight, and we must have seen the same to them. And really, this, this point right here of having proper perspective, how you allow yourself to see yourself, right? Because I don't want to see myself the way I look in the mirror, right? I take so much comfort in, in the fact that when God looks down on me, he doesn't see me. He sees me covered by the blood of Jesus, right? He doesn't see my imperfections, my transgressions. He sees the covering that's over my life because what? I'm in Christ, right? And so the, the heart of this story, it lies in that, the power of perspective. Because the spies' perspective, it shaped their actions, Somebody catch this. God is, tell, is, is, is dealing with you, right? He's expressed to you. He's shown you in his word. He's spoken to you about a promise, but the enemy wants to shift your perspective. I learned, a, I learned something when I was uh, coaching my son's football team. They talk about when you're trying to block, right, you want to get under their pads 
and shift them in the opposing, the opposite direction, then drive them back to open up a lane. I think about it, the enemy wants to lock in on me and just, just give me a, like a slight shift in perspective to get me off course to what God wants for me. Right? But the story lies in that. And it's similar, our outlooks and our responses to problems that we encounter, y'all, it lies in our perspective, right? You think actually, am I like the 10 spies that went out and scouted the land and I saw myself as a grasshopper? Or are we going to be like Joshua and Caleb who didn't see them, themselves as a grasshopper, right? Their focus was on a transcendent God that could overcome any obstacle. Amen. I mean, and I believe that that's something that God wants to do in the life of the believer. Amen. He wants to break some of us from a grasshopper mentality. Amen. He wants us to be able to say, you know what, stand in my word. Be who I've called you to be. Do the things that I've called you to do. Not for yoga, for my glory. Right? You don't please God. It doesn't bring God any glory by you playing the grasshopper role. By you minimizing the gifting that God has placed over your life, the calling, the things. People get mistaken and think that you have certain ambitions, that it must be your flesh. But you can have a righteous ambition, right? You can have an ambition, a desire to do great things for the kingdom of God. But if you see yourself as a grasshopper, you'll never be able. God can promise to make it happen, but if you're a grasshopper, you play the background, God will never be able to use you in that way. I believe God wants to break us from being able to do that. He wants us to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, he wants our perspective change. He wants us to quiet the noise. Then he wants us to do this. He wants us to understand that our faith is where we get our resilience. Because when you're in a fight, you got to have resilience. You got to have endurance. You got to be able to keep pushing and pressing your way through. Now, Joshua and Caleb, their faith, it wasn't a blind optimism, right? It wasn't just them out there hoping for the best and fingers crossed. It was deeply rooted in memories of God's faithfulness over his life. And likewise, our faith has to be our foundation. Right? The word of God, prayer, recalling past victories that God has shown us in our lives. You know God has done things for you in your past. And I don't know everybody's story. I don't know everybody's testimony. But I know if you're here today, God has done something in your life. Amen. God has been, if you hear you got access to a if you hear you got some health and strength, you got a right mind about yourself. God has done something in your life and what you do is that you use those times as a reservoir to pull up when you find yourself low on faith when you find yourself challenged with a problem that precedes a promise that God has made you you remind yourself God did it before I'm not here by coincidence not here by happenstance but God ordained for me to be at this point and he's going to get me through this point amen God does that and he wants that for his people God will get us through. And so this is what I want to say. Because Joshua and Caleb, their strength lied in their history with God. And they were able to use that to draw closer to him. And so that's what our faith does. It enables us to stand firm when our giants are taunting us. Right? 
When, so, some of us had have an experience, right, where some, the same thing seems to always happen, right? I got a family member. She's had six cars. She's been in six car wrecks. It, it always happens to her, right? But I got so encouraged, I was listening to her. She said, I'm believing God for my new car. Amen, because God, because even though the cars got wrecked, it kept getting her from point A to point B. And so she was able to build up her faith by pulling from a reservoir of times where God was faithful for her. Amen. And so that's what God will do. He will bring us through. He will carry us over. But you can't quit. Right? You have to, this is what I always say, you got to keep the faith. I know it feels like last time it didn't happen. But I want to just speak prophetically. This time will be different. Right? Last time it seemed like it was too much. But this time you're going to be capable of doing it. Right? You didn't have the connections last time. God is going to get you in alignment with the right people. You didn't have the right frame of mind. You had a lot of stuff going on. God has removed the distractions. This time it's going to be different. Anybody receive that, that, that this time, when I encounter this problem, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to pull from the times before that God has shown me to be faithful in my life, and I'm going to stay in the fight. Amen. Amen. Anybody receive that word today? That this time is going to be different, that I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to stay right here, that I'm going to allow God to continue to work through me. Amen. Continue to work for me. And if I do so, I'm going to possess the land that he's promised to me. Amen. Amen. Well, let's do this, guys. If you believe, let's stand to our feet. We'll get ready to prepare to leave. And I want us to remember this, right? That, that when life presents those problems on that cusp of a promise. If you don't hear nothing else, God is still there. Right? His silence doesn't mean that he's absent. Right? There are, there, there are things that, that are taking place in that moment of silence that are necessary for your equipping. When I say something, when I say equipping and preparing, this is for the glory of God in all things that we do, right? So I'm not, so this, this ain't a message about a car, right? This is not, this, this is not a message about a, a house or nothing like that. This is a message about being and getting what God desires for me, right? His heart is for us to, is to be in this promise, to receive this promise. This promise may be healing, this, this, or this promise may be freedom from a thought pattern. It may, be, it may be forgiveness. It may be salvation. Whatever it is, he says, I'm still here, but you can't quit, right? You can't give up. You have to press. Listen, you, you got to press through. And, and, and I know from personal experiences, that that pressures of life can sometimes get so heavy to where you just don't like real talk. You don't know how you don't see how you're gonna work this out. Like I, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what, it is, but I can't even think straight because so much is going on. It took me so much to get to this point, and I gotta deal with this now. But God says I'm faithful. And your perspective is that you have to deal with it. When your perspective should be 
if you will just be obedient and go where I'm leading you, I'll deal with it. Amen. Amen. Just, just go in the room and then I'll be there. Right? Just make the call. I'll give you the words to say. Right? Just make this, just fill out the application. Of course you're not qualified. They still going to call if that's what I want for you. And that's people in your testimony. Now think about it. God will do it. But you got to stay in the fight. Amen. And so that's what I want to do. That's the word of encouragement that I want to share today. That you're going to go through some stuff, getting to God's promise. And you're going to get to the promise and it's going to be a problem trying to stop you from getting in there. But don't stop. Keep pushing through. If God told you to go, go. If he told you to press, press. And as long as you find yourself in him. I always say this all the time. We, we, we battle, right? We go to warfare from a place of victory. The battle's already won. The fight is fixed. Perspective. God has already promised it. But you got to go through it. Amen. Amen. You got to keep praying. You got to keep fasting. You got to keep believing. Because the Bible says that our weapons of warfare, they're not corner. Amen. When, when you're going against this, you have to do it the right way. Pull from your faith. Right? Stay in this will. And if you do it, and he's promised it to you, guess what? God can't go against his word. If God says something, he can't even renege on it. So if God has said something about your situation, if his word says something about the believer, you can take that to the bank. He's going to do it. Amen? So be encouraged and don't quit. Because that problem, that lets you know you're right there. That lets you know that you're right there. Keep pushing. I just feel like I'm a broke record. But that problem is there for a purpose. It's letting you know. He wants to, to, to prohibit you from getting to that place. But keep pressing, and God will get us through. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for, for his word. Amen. For his word. So we'll, let's do this, and then we'll get ready to go. I want, I want to just go over three things. Because I feel that this, this is an opportunity for somebody to be able to, to, to break through, right? To be able to address. We talked about confronting some issues, right? If this is you and you feel like I want to just offer three things. First thing is this. If you find yourself in a fight and you don't have a relationship with the one that can get you through the fight, I want to invite you to come to the altar, amen? And we can pray. You need a relationship with God, amen? You need, you need to be saved, hallelujah. We're going to allow you to come to the altar right now. That's the first proposition I want to make to you. Second one is this. You've been in a fight. You got to this point. And because there was a problem at the end of your promise, what you do? You turn turned your back on God, right? We've all been there, right? You've, you've fallen away from the faith. Life can sometimes cause you to shipwreck your faith. But God says, I'm right here. I know I got 99 over there, but I promise I'll come over here and get this one. If you won't run away from it, I'll come and get you. And if that's you, I want to, we can come together and we can pray and we can reconcile that relationship that God wants for us. Amen? So it's two. Third thing, if you've been here and you've been attending and you're looking for a church to partner with, I want to extend the opportunity, amen, for you to come forth and partner with Lighthouse. We're a church that loves God's word and loves God's people, amen. Real simple. We love God's word, we love God's people, and we truly believe that because we keep God first, regardless of numbers and decorations, I promise you, my wife, I don't care about none of that, right? 
how many, God sends the right amount of people to hear the right word at the right time. I'm concerned, right? I'm concerned about, this isn't my natural inclination to be up here. God, if you call them to be up here, God, just get the glory. Let somebody be helped from your word. Because Lord knows, if God tell me to sit down, I will sit down with the quickness. Somebody to be helping. So if that's you, this is that time too. And then fourthly, I threw an extra in there. If you just need prayer. Right? If you just want to come and, and, and we partner together and just believe God for your strength, amen, in the Lord while you're fighting this fight of faith, this is your opportunity. I just, I just, I just need to, God, to just remind me, like, God, you, I, I know you're here for me. I know you're going to see me through. I've had some setbacks, right? I've had some disappointments. I've had some things that have let me down. But you know what? I'm going to come forth and I'm going to believe again that this time is going to be different. And I'm going to stand firm in my faith and watch God move on my behalf and watch my enemy scatter. Hallelujah. Because God can do it and he is faithful, y'all. He's so faithful. I, I don't look at the news very often. But every time I go on there, I, I see some, some stuff that needs to be quieted. And I cut it out to my wife. I opened up a page, saw a headline, cut it right back. I said, I don't have time for that today. But it reminds me just how good as God has been in my life. Amen. Not to say my trial, my day isn't going to come where, where life is going to happen to me. But in the meantime, I'm going to find myself in God's presence where, rather than looking at giants on the outskirts. Amen. Amen. So we're going to prepare to pray and believe. Who believes that, that the prayers of the righteous Available. The prayers of the righteous are effective, amen, that they go forth and they produce a good fruit. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray and we're going to, we believe. If you don't believe God, I believe. I believe for you. I believe God can do it for you, amen. Amen, so let us pray. Father God in heaven, here we are once again. Lord God, seeking your face in the midst of our mess. God, we are in the, in, the, in the middle of a battle, God, trying to hold on to the words that you've given us. And we find ourselves present with a problem, God. We're having an encounter with an enemy, Father God, and we feel overcome by an obstacle. But God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for strengthening your people, Father God. We thank you right now that we're going to trust and believe your word above the words of the enemy, above the words of naysayers, Father God. We're going to doubt, doubt before we doubt you, God. And so right now, Father God, I thank you right now for your people. Strengthen them in the areas where they may be weak, Father God. I pray that you will remind them, God, of the things that you've done for them in the past, God. The times that they cried out to you and you showed up quick, fast, and in a hurry, Father God. Things that we weren't deserving of, Father God. Things that we got ourselves into and you still showed yourself to be faithful. So, God, in this moment, I pray that our faith will be renewed. God, I pray that relationships with you will be rekindled, restored, and strengthened right now in Jesus' name. God, that when we encounter a problem, we won't look at the problem. We're going to look at our Father. We're going to look at the problem solver and knowing that no weapon that is formed against us can prosper, Father God. They're going to form. They're going to be attempts that are made, God, but you will cause my enemy to scatter. You will cause a defeat on my enemy. You will cause all of these things 
to retreat, Father God, because I find myself resting in the shadow of the Almighty. So I thank you right now, God, for your love, and I thank you for your faithfulness, and I thank you for the resilience that I find in my faith, remembering, Father God, all the things that you've done for me. Not just what you did for mama and grandmama and daddy, but what you did for me, God. When you found me sitting down, Lord God, in a muck and mire, in a place where I didn't have nothing going on, just pitiful, you pulled us up, Father God, and you washed us off, and you made us brand new, Father. So I thank you for the newness that we receive right now by faith in Jesus' name. That old ways are passed away, God. The old man is passing away, Father God. And behold, in you, all things will be brand new. So help us to have a newness about ourselves, Father God. Help us to, to get rid of the grasshopper mindset and to see ourselves as warriors for Christ, Father God. To go out and boldly proclaim what thus says the Lord. To be the people that you called us to be and to do the things that you have called us to do, Father God. So I pray right now that you will quiet the mouth of the enemy. Quiet the mouth of the enemy right now, Father God. That nothing that is said against us, Lord God, will have any, any effect on us, Lord God. It won't have any impact. It won't be able to cling to us. The enemy has no foothold in our thought life, in our thought patterns, in our conversation, in anything, Father God, that goes to your glory and belongs to you. The enemy is forbid from getting that, Father God. So we keep ourselves planted firmly in your presence to do so. So we thank you right now, God. We thank you for the victory. God, by faith, we thank you for the victory. We don't see it right now, or we in the middle of the fight right now, or we may just got through a victory, and now we see another war on the forefront, Father God, but we're going to trust in you despite what I feel like, despite what people may think. I've seen you move in my life before, and because we've seen you move in our lives before, Father God, we're going to trust you again, God. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the life of your people. So, Father God, we honor you in this time. We thank you for the 180 turnaround that's taking place right now, God, that when we walk out of here, that we won't be the same, God, that the seed that you deposited on the inside of us, Lord God, that it goes down deep and the roots get deep and somebody adds to it and you water it, you add the increase, Father God, and we'll be able to see the manifestation of your goodness in our lives. So, Father God, we pray that you be glorified in this moment. Be glorified in this turnaround in our lives, God, and be glorified in the victory that you're going to deliver to your people and the promise that you're going to fulfill. And, God, we'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. God, we'll be sure not to quit. God, we are too close to quit. So, God, we're going to stand firm. We're going to have a spiritual stubbornness about ourselves that what God has said about me, I believe it, and it ain't nothing nobody can say that'll make me think otherwise. I can look crazy. I look crazy for the Lord. I can look bullheaded. I'm going to be bullheaded for the Lord. But, God, I'm going to stay put. And as I do so and as we do so, Father God, you're going to show yourself to be strong in our lives. So, Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in the life of your people. God, I pray that there be an expedited process. Lord God, there be an expedited blessing, an expedited turnaround in the life of your people. But even if we have to wait, I'm going to praise you in the place of waiting till you show yourself, Lord God. I'm going to hold on to the promise that you made, God, because you made it to me and for me. God, so we love you and we thank you. We honor you, we praise you, and we thank you right now for your word, 
for the promises of God. They are yes and they are amen. You can't go against your word, God. And so I'm going to stand on it. Lord, we thank you right now. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray, we ask, and we believe these things to be so. Let everybody that believe in my faith say amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God a hand clap, a praise, a shout, a clicking of the heels, something for the Lord.